So today, we're talking about suffering. It's not one of the most fun things to talk about, but it's, well, in the flesh, but whenever you actually begin to understand what suffering truly is, and that's what we're talking about today. What does God say about suffering? Not just what have I been taught about suffering, not just what I've heard about suffering, not just um, you know what I've understood about suffering. What does God say about suffering? Because when we begin to understand what God says about suffering, it'll completely change the way that we perceive suffering. And that's why we wanted to talk about this today. And it's going to be really good. I'm actually excited about it. Yeah, well, that was a very hard transition. But. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it is another one of yours too. But <laughs> it's true though. It is. Everybody has has those days. I apparently, Everybody makes mistakes. Are you saying I make mistakes by saying this? No, I'm quoting Abigail who's quoted Hannah Montana four times in the last week to encourage people. And applause well, from Han- our sound room. Hannah Montana at points it can be encouraging. At points. Sometimes. Anyway. So we're going to hop in <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're going to cut that part out. <laughs> no, we truly, this message is one that will bless you because yeah. suffering is one of those things in the body of Christ mm-hmm. where if it's not one that likes to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about suffering or you even bring it up, you're going to have mm-hmm. some Christian camps that are like, yes, I, I suffer all the time. So mm-hmm. good to talk about it. Yeah. And let's bring up all of our feelings. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other camp that's like, no, I will never suffer because in Christ, the word of God says, and they just, and I've been in both of those camps. Mm-hmm. Completely. But the word of God has something very specific to say about it. And we talked about this last week, but we here at Boomerang, we've been in a series um, where we've been focusing on first Peter four. And it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Literally, he's saying arm yourselves with suffering. So if Jesus is telling us to arm ourselves with suffering, then Clearly, there's something to Mm. it that we haven't known. Because if Jesus is saying that we need to arm ourselves with it, we know that the Word of God says that God, His plans and His purposes for us are filled with hope and Mm. filled with a future. They're not for destruction. They're Mm -hmm. not for tragedy. They're not for calamity. So if God's telling us to do something, we also know 2 Corinthians 2.14, He's always leading us to triumph. So how can you triumph and have hope in a Mm -hmm. future when you're arming yourself with suffering? They have Mm -hmm. seemed like they kind of clash, but the Word of God doesn't contradict itself. So that's why at the at the outset of this, we said it's probably something that we haven't necessarily allowed ourselves to think on before, yeah. because who really thinks suffering is beneficial? Mm-hmm. Yet the Word of God has something very clear to say about why mm-hmm. we need to arm ourselves with suffering. Yeah. Well, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that Pastor said was, you know, when the Bible says arm yourselves with suffering, what, is, what, is, what does arming yourself mean? It means you're basically putting yourself in a position to fight, yeah. and the Lord's not going to put you you in a position to fight to lose. Yeah. Basically, you know what you were kind of sharing. You know, He always leads us in triumph. So, what is arming yourself? I mean, we read in a, in the book of Ephesians about putting on the full armor of God. Yeah. Do you put on the full armor of God to lose and to be attacked by the enemy? Yeah. Or do you put on the full armor of God to be able to extinguish the fiery darts that He right. sends our way? And so, when we arm ourselves with suffering, according to First Peter chapter one, when we arm ourselves with suffering, with suffering, with suffering. We're putting ourselves in that position to fight and to win. 
And, and my, sorry, my chair is bothering me. But we're putting ourselves in that position to fight. And when we put ourselves in that position to fight, we're fighting to win. Yeah. Like Paul says, I don't just box to beat the air. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I fight with a purpose. I, I shoot with a purpose. What's that purpose? Yeah. That purpose is to fulfill all that God has, has called me to do. Yeah. And, all that, and be who God has called me to be. And so as I'm arming myself with suffering, what I'm actually doing is I'm positioning myself to become victorious. Yeah. I'm not positioning myself to live a life of defeat and despair and shame yeah. and, and, you know, bitterness and just, well, I'm just going to barely scrape through this life. That's, yeah. not what, that's not what an armed person does. You know, like you, you, you look at in, in, in you watch Braveheart, you know, when they arm themselves, they're arming themselves to be victorious. Yeah. They're, they're excited. They're not just going into the battle already, already, you know, believing for defeat, because if, if they're believing for that, they're going to get defeated. But no, I'm arming myself so that I can be positioned to be victorious yeah. in, in whatever situation I'm in, no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it looks like, no matter how much my flesh can be screaming, I'm arming myself with suffering the way Jesus did, which when Jesus suffered, he yeah. didn't suffer to lose. He, what, what he took and what he bore was the most victorious thing of all history. You know, so, so, you know, what was Jesus doing? He was arming himself for victory. And, uh, and that's something that we need to, to, to understand when, we're, when we think of arming ourselves with suffering. It doesn't mean to live a life of despair and defeat, but to put ourselves in a position so that we can become victorious. Yeah, and, you know, I, I said this last week, but when Pastor first started preaching on this, I this was one of those sections in the Word where I'd read it, but it's like my brain just kind of took out the word suffering and, mm. like, put something happy in there instead. Mm. So when Pastor started preaching on it, the first day I was like, I, I, I don't love this. This is not my most favorite thing to mm. to listen to because yeah. I don't want to arm myself with suffering. Like, mm. I... I was of that camp at that point where I'm like, no, word of God says, word of God, well, the word of God also says arm yourself with suffering. So yeah. I needed to dig in and discover what it meant. And when you look at it, the context of what he's saying is discipline yourself. Mm -hmm. Like suffering yeah. in that way, it's a discipline. See, mm -hmm. we don't have to pay a price of suffering. Yeah. Jesus paid the price. With Jesus, it is finished. So mm. we don't have to pay a price where we are just suffering and in doom and gloom and it's just all crud all the time and we're wailing and gnashing our teeth. That's not what we're to do. That's not what that verse means. It means that our job is to discipline ourselves the mm. way that Jesus disciplined himself. Yeah. Jesus had to discipline himself in the garden with mm. not my will, Lord, yours be yeah. done. He had to arm himself with that discipline that when his flesh tried to have a voice, mm -hmm. it wasn't the flesh's voice that was allowed to reign and rule. It was the spirit of God yeah. in him that was allowed to come out and say, no, you're going to the cross and it's going to lead to victory. Mm -hmm. But even with Jesus going to the cross, we're not to, it's, it's not like God is sitting here going, okay, you're going to be crucified tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, there are martyrs in the body of Christ, sure. But here, the very first martyr in the word that you read about is Stephen. Stephen didn't even taste death. He's, he's lying there looking at Jesus, like beholding him as he's proclaiming his goodness. And as they're stoning him, he's smiling. Jesus is standing up looking at him. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a suffering. It was a perceived suffering. Yeah. See, somebody looking on the outside could hear the story of Stephen and just be like, oh my gosh, I would never, ever want to be in that situation but we'll 
when we expect to receive crud, we're going to receive crud. But when we recognize that this suffering is a discipline, and it's only a discipline to our our flesh, into our soul, it's a renewing of our soul, it's a discipline to the flesh, and it's a perceived suffering. Yeah. It's the flesh fearing something. Yeah. Like, that's really what it is. But in God, we don't have to fear. He tells us, fear not. Yeah. Pastor said that a lot in yesterday's service. Fear not. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fear arming ourselves with suffering yeah. because in God, there is no fear. He's going to lead us to triumph. And yeah. at worst, we're going to come out the other side equal. Yeah. But God's plan is for us to go higher than we ever were. But if we don't discipline ourselves, we'll never get to the other side to hear well done, to hear, yeah. okay, now you're going even higher. We, we won't get there. So we We've got to arm ourselves with that discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is the Bi- the Bible calls it momentary and light afflictions. You know, that, that's what it says. It says, now, can, these momentary light afflictions. He's, and he's talking to people who their houses have been robbed from them. Like people who, who have been stoned, people who have been, you know, killed, people who have been facing things that in our, you know, modern mindset is not momentary and light. But here's the thing. You know, when we, when we read the Bible... With with a like a struggler's mentality, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be what we see when we see yeah. uh, Stephen getting stoned. We're we're, we're going to read them be like, oh man, poor Stephen. You know, he really endured, but you know, now he's in heaven, and you know. Mm-hmm. But but you read that whole story, and it's glorious. Yeah, the, I see the heavens open up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like this is I'm picturing Jesus up in heaven, just oh go go Stephen, preach my word. You know, you, like you know, this is what what he's seeing, and the people are shutting their ears, and they're beginning to stone him, and he says, Father, forgive them, and then he falls asleep. You know, yeah. that's what it says. That's what it says. And so this is a victorious moment. He sees the heavens open up. I would love to see the heavens open up. This is a victorious moment. This is a victorious moment. This is a moment so powerful that because the Bible says Jesus is seated in heaven in the places. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But in this moment, you see Jesus standing. Yeah. Jesus is standing, looking down at, at Stephen. He, he, he's overjoyed. Stephen was a victorious man. Yeah. You know, that, I, I don't read that and think, oh, poor Stephen. I think, oh, praise God. That's a powerful testimony. You know, like, that. I don't know if you've heard the story. It's from Fox's book of Mar- Martyrs of, of Polycarp, where he, he proclaimed the, the, the gospel. People didn't like it. Um, there, there were things that he was preaching on holiness that people didn't like. So they, they went, wanted to burn him at the stake. And what they did was, uh, basically, in, in this, this they, they had this big, massive public execution. They started burning it, and he wasn't burning up. And the entire place was filled with, with the, the smell of incense and, 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 like, sweet fragrance as this is, whole thing is taking place. And, and like, people are seeing this. And, like, this is a glorious thing. We can sit here and say, oh, poor guy. Well, it got to a point where they, because they wanted to stop it, they, had to, they stabbed him. But, like, but you look at this. Is, was that a victory or was that a defeat? You know, when we're looking at it from a struggler suffering, life is a struggle mentality, we'll, re, we'll pull that out of the Word, what's not actually in the Word, when yeah. the Word actually calls it momentary and light. When Jesus says, if you come to me and you're weary, I'll give you easy and light. Yeah. I'll give you rest for your souls. 
So no matter what we're facing, no matter how, see, what, what we're not just trying to, like what we're not saying is what you're facing or what, what might feel like big for you. We're not saying like, oh, you, like you, you shouldn't, you know, be feeling that or it's, it's tiny and you shouldn't be bothered by it. What we're saying is that there's, a, what, what, we re, what we need to recognize in the word is that there is a way that what, you, what you're seeing and what you're experiencing can be easy and light. Where when you partner yourself with God himself, with the Holy Spirit, what happens is you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and, and you recognize you're only going through it and you don't have to fear it. You don't have to be anxious about it. Why? Because you know God's with me. And when God's with me, I'm going through and I'm coming out victorious on the other side. So it doesn't matter what it looks like and it might feel heavy on the flesh, but in the spirit, I can recognize according to the word that I can arm myself with this. And as I arm myself with this, that means I'm going through and I'm coming out on top in a victorious position, not in a more defeated position. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that pastors been preaching on that has stuck out to me the most is it's a perceived suffering. Mm -hmm. And where is it perceived yeah. to suffer? When I'm focusing on myself. Yeah. See, if I'm more focused on myself than I am the kingdom, mm -hmm. then I'm going to come up to something that the Lord has told me to overcome and go through. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to focus on this is going to be hard for me. It's going mm -hmm. to be difficult on my flesh. It's going to be a struggle to go through. Like that's focusing on self. How mm -hmm. I feel about it is yeah. me focusing on me. And yeah. if I'm focused on me, I can't bring a solution mm -hmm. that's going to have benefit to it. Yeah. It in her own ability is nothing. Like, I have nothing in my own that is good. If you look at me and see any benefit whatsoever, it's God in me. It's Jesus in me. It's the Holy Spirit yeah. in me. It's not barren. Mm -hmm. So if I'm so focused on, I feel this way, I think yeah. this way, this is what's going on for me, this is going, then it's all about me, and I'm yeah. not giving any room to be focused on the Lord. Yeah. But that suffering, arming yourselves with suffering, what did, the, what did Jesus do? When he had that moment in the garden come up, he had the... That's what his flesh was saying. Look at me. Look at what's about to happen to you. Look at what you're going to have to go through. Look at what you're going to have to feel and yeah. experience. Think on all of these things. Yeah. Which is why Jesus said, if it's your will, take it from me. But Lord, your will be done. Yeah. Your will be done. He had mm -hmm. to discipline his mind in that moment that when an opportunity came up against him, when when a pressure presented itself against mm -hmm. him, he had to yeah. stop immediately and set his mind on yeah. the Father because the Father is where your solution comes from. Yeah. And I've been there. I've been there today. I called Pastor Nicole today, and I'm like, I have had X, Y, Z happening. I need you to speak into me right now and help me reset my eyes back to the Lord the way that they need to be. Yeah. And that's arming yourself with suffering because mm -hmm. did my flesh want to necessarily make that phone call? No, I know she's got stuff to do. So do I. So does everybody. But I armed myself in that way and said, I will discipline myself because I'm going through. Yeah. And when my mind says, focus on me, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Yeah. See, we've got to set these red flags up mm -hmm. in ourselves that say, yeah. oh, I'm not going to go backwards. Oh, I'm not going to focus on my flesh. Yeah. I'm going to focus on the God who has a solution already worked out. Yeah. And he's going to lead me to triumph today. Yeah. He's going to lead me to triumph right now. 
and I need to stop thinking on me, and I need to think on Him. Because when I think on Him, He has everything I need. It's the testimony Pastor gave yesterday about their dog, and I'm sure he's going to share it at another point. But the very, very brief version is their dog was hit by a car um, this past week, and Noelle looked like she was going to pass away. Like, it was a rough situation. And what did they do in that moment? They armed themselves with suffering. They armed themselves with the discipline of putting their flesh down and setting their mind on the Lord. And they said, no, I'm going to reset my brain. I'm focusing on you, Jesus. My flesh is going to focus on you. My mind's going to focus on you. My spirit's already focused on you. And I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to commit my work that my thought be established. And they prayed and they worshiped until the peace of God came. And when the peace of God came, the solution came right along with it. Mm -hmm. But they had to discipline themselves to get to that place. And it was only hard to the flesh. Mm -hmm. It was only hard in that moment. But when they made the decision, no, 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 I'm going to put on who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be who he says he is. And I'm going to go worship. That's the most natural thing they could have done. It's the most natural thing they could have done. To a worldly mind, it's not. But to their spirit man, who's the real them, it's the most natural thing for them to have gone and praised their God. Yeah. Amen. Well, what, what is, uh, put this in the comments. When I make God my source, I overcome. Yeah. And, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, who's the source? Is it me? Because if it's me, I'm going to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if For it's sure. God, I'm going to overcome. If God is my source, I'm overcoming. Put that in the comments. With, when yeah. God is my source, I'm overcoming. Yeah. That's the reality. And, and, and uh, I'm trying to rem- remember the actual definition of what suffering is. But, um, and if there's any point where I'm missing it, let me know. But it's a, it's a spirit-led life overcoming perceived, uh, perceived struggles, right? Perceived, perceived suffering. suffering, yeah. A spirit-led life overcoming perceived str- sufferings. Um, that are brought about by walking through this life of corruption, mm-hmm. something, something yeah. like that. You know, so we're, we're in a corrupted world where not everyone serves Jesus, where sin has entered into this world, and there, there, there's the corruption in it, which yeah. means we're going to face things. You yeah. know, we're going to have to deal with things. But the reality is, and in, in what you were saying, how they're perceived, you know, sufferings, is why, why do we call them perceived sufferings? Yeah. Because we already know that we're winning them. Yeah. We already know that we have won them. We're not, we're not praying or fighting for victory. We're praying and fighting from victory. Yeah. And so as we're praying and fighting from victory, how do we do that? By making God our source. Yeah. That, that's where it becomes a perceived suffering because we already know in our spirit yeah. That we're overcoming and that we're going through. We already know because because that's what we see in the word. Yeah. We're we're going through. We're overcoming. Yes, there's corruption and we'll have to face these things. But as we face these things, yeah. we're overcoming them. Yeah. And that's what suffering is. It's it's the act of arming yourselves to overcome what you see in the natural. Uh, this is a big thing. This is a big situation. How am I going to get through this? And the natural, I don't understand. But what I can do is I can turn and make God my source. Yeah. And I know when I make God my source and I see it in the... In the comments, when God is my source, I am overcoming. And that's the reality of it. Well, Pastor said yesterday something that I think is really key. Because one thing that I... I, I've noticed or I've I've seen at different points is when this gets talked about, it's almost like I will embrace an attack now. Like mm. I, I remember there was mm. a point where 
at another church, totally different place, an attack had come and they like super celebrated it. They received it, they celebrated it. And it's, this is a sign of growth. Oh, we're getting attacked. Praise God we're getting attacked. And pastor made a point yesterday that I think is huge. Suffering doesn't mean you receive the attack. You don't receive the attack. An attack may come, but it cannot prosper against you unless you allow it to. Suffering does not mean that you receive the attack. And when you're expecting to get attacked, you're opening yourself wide up for it. So just because it says arm yourself with suffering does not mean arm yourself with attack after attack after attack after attack. It means arm yourself with the discipline to be who Jesus was and do what Jesus did. And when an attack comes up against you, no, it cannot win against a child of God unless we surrender to it. So pastor gave some steps. Like the first one, recognize the attack. Recognize that it's from the devil. God (laughs) never uses calamity to prove a point. God never uses tragedy to prove a point. Put that in the comments. God never uses tragedy to prove a point. That's not who he is. He's not the author of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've again, we talked about at the beginning, there have been the two camps, the ones who just reject even talking about suffering to begin with and miss out on the true definition of what it is, and those who just super embrace it. It's like even in insurance like claims, you can say it was an act of God. There's no act of God that leads you to tragedy. That's not who our God is. He's an abundant life-bringing God. So recognize an attack is not him. It's the enemy trying to steal. So that was point number one. Point number two was trust God from beginning to end through the whole thing. Trust him. Trust it. Our God is good. He's a good God. He's always leading me to triumph through Christ. One perpetual victory parade after another. And literally picture that. Like I think it's the message version that translates 2 Corinthians 2.14 that way. But a perpetual parade. Like it, 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 Have you ever watched a parade and it just doesn't end? And they just get more and more and more and more excited? That's literally what God does is he parades us down the street a victory, a victory parade, leading shouts of triumph and joy. It never stops. There's not a pause. That's who he is. He's always, 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 always leading us to triumph. So just because an attack comes does not mean you're about to lose. It means God's about to be glorified through you as you walk through that thing. So number one, recognize the attack. Number two, trust God. Number three, meet the attack through faith and action. Meet it. Don't let it run you over. Don't let it beat you down. Meet it with your faith and with your action. Faith has both. It's not just word. It's word and deed. And then the fifth one, overcome the attack empowered by his grace and his glory. Overcome it. So you're you're recognizing it. You're You're trusting God. You're meeting it. And then you're overcoming it. You're not receiving it. You're not like rejoicing like at... At, oh, this attack came and it felt so good. No, you rejoice through every single storm. You rejoice in the middle of what's happening, but you're not just looking for attacks to come hate you out of nowhere. You're expecting that if you face anything, you're going through it. And that's, that's when he said it yesterday, I was like, that's the piece that I needed just to help it all link together because it just, it made it make so much more sense of, okay, yes, I'm not expecting it. But if it were to come, this is what I do. And I'm going to overtake it. It's not going to overtake me because the spirit in me is greater than the spirit in that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in, in 
necessarily reminded of David. You know, mm-hmm. what did he, what did he do? You know, when when Goliath was standing there coming against the people of God, yeah, he met him. You know, he didn't just meet him; he ran. Yeah, he was running to the giant. Like, so he wasn't he wasn't just just sitting back. Oh, praise God! That you know he's he's coming against us. That that's that's evidence we're doing the right thing. You yeah. know, which which I mean, it it can't be evidence that you're doing the right thing. However, it's how we respond to it, like what you're saying. But David went out. No, who is who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he yeah. should defy the armies of the living God? Every all these other people are just embracing it. Yeah. You know, they're they're just receiving. Well, I guess we're gonna have to lose our families and give everything over to these giant people. You know, I guess that's gonna be our our. our you know, what what are they doing? Yeah. They're they're put. They're not. On Arming themselves with suffering, they're they're basically just admit, admitting defeat, and that life's going to be a struggle from here yeah. on out. I guess this is just what being, you know, one of God's people is right. like. You know what I mean? Yeah, for you know, sure. and, and that that's not what they were supposed to be doing. That's not what God wanted them to do. God wanted them to do what David did, yeah. where he got up and said, "No, who who is this? He's defying the 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 the, the people of God. He's not just defying the people of God. He's defying God Himself." All right, uh, what, what's the reward for those for, for anyone who kills this dumb guy? You know, like that's yeah. what he was doing. And he ran out and met him, hit him in the head, cut off his head, and it was finished. Yeah. But but what what did he have to do? He had to arm himself. He had to arm himself and then meet the attack head yeah. on. And when he met the attack head on, God was with him and God alone got the glory. Because yeah. the whole time, David didn't receive any of the glory for himself. He, like, like Goliath's laughing at him, and he's like, oh, well, you know, God's with me. I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to cut off your head, yeah. and I'm going to do all that. But, but that's so that all of y'all can know that there's a God in Israel. Yeah. That's literally what David said. Well, not literally. Um, he didn't say all y'all. But he said, so that all of you might know that there is a God in Israel, and you're not going to do this stupid thing again and try to defy the living God. Yeah. I need a drink. Go for it. <laughs> so... When a, when a perceived suffering comes, when our flesh has had those moments where it's like, this seems hard, this seems opportunistic, we arm ourselves with the character and nature yeah. of God. We become who Jesus was, but in order to do yeah. that, we've got to discipline ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then he also gives us instructions for how to help with that. Like there's a list of six things in First Peter 4 that he says to do. And here's the thing. When God gives an instruction, he then shows us how to, how to get empowered to do it. These six items, they're key. It says in 1 Peter uh, 4 and verse 7, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. We've got to be praying. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. We've got to be loving, being Mm -hmm. hospitable. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Mm -hmm. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So be praying, be Mm -hmm. loving toward one another, be hospitable, Mm -hmm. serve one another. Like there's, there's a common thread through this whole thing because you can't just pray to God and not pray for other people. Yeah. Like his word tells us that we are to be praying constantly for one another, yeah. not just for ourselves. These things that he's telling us to do, yeah. it's 
Arm yourselves like Jesus. Jesus was yeah. about the people. Yeah. Arm yourself with suffering. Jesus was for the people. And if we arm ourselves like God, then yeah. we act mm -hmm. for the people. That's we good. go through for one another. Mm -hmm. My going through is a direct correlation on how well Marky's going to go through because yeah. we are united. Marky going through is a direct correlation to how well Buddy's going to go through. Buddy going through, it's a, it's it, they're tied together. Yeah. My victory is yeah. key for someone else to be in victory. And in order for, for the fullness of the body of Christ to be who they're called to be, we've got to be others focused yeah. and not me focused. When so, we suffer, it's because we're focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when our focus is like Jesus and yeah. says, God, it's not my will, it's yours. Mm -hmm. And yours is to reap a harvest of yeah. souls. When souls truly becomes what our heart is about, it's not hard and heavy. Yeah. It's easy and light because yeah. any perceived suffering I could ever go through, people are going to come to the kingdom through it if yeah. I allow him to move through me because yeah. my testimony will lead others to overcome. That's good. That's good. Abby, Marky, what do you guys have? Well, just immediately I'm thinking the flesh right in this moment can be experiencing some suffering mm -hmm. and be like, well, hop off right now because we don't like this. We don't like the way this sounds. And uh, that doesn't, I don't think suffering sounds like Bible. Let's get out of here real quick. <laughs> Let's scoot off. And what we've got to do is exactly what we're talking about right now and put, put on that suffering to the flesh. It's not suffering to the spirit man. It's yeah. suffering to the flesh. And immediately, the um, about said correlation. Uh, that's, uh, that's not the word I'm trying to think of. The story that I think of is like my little brother. When he was a baby, I was able, because I was older, I was able to watch my parents discipline him and raise him uh, in a different way than I watched uh, Rachel. Rachel grow up because I was three so I didn't exactly remember it. But I was older, and I watched them. He was a baby. He was like one or something, and he did something that was disobedient. And it, it wasn't a big deal in my mind. And they corrected him immediately. And I was like, I mean, he's just a baby. He didn't really mean that. And I'm like, he probably just doesn't even know. And they're like, no, you've got to correct that now. Because even though it seems small now, him being disobedient to us can be bigger later. So what happens when he's able to walk and run and he's playing outside and we say stop and he goes across the road or something? You know, you've got to discipline when things are small so that when situations get larger, they already know to listen. It's the same thing with our flesh. We have to put on suffering to our flesh when things are small, so like little thoughts in our head of, well, I don't like the way this person looked at me today. You know, I don't think this person likes me. You know, and cut off those thoughts. We're not saying any of that out loud. It doesn't seem to be hurting anybody. It seems pretty small. So why do I need to change that? We need to cut that off and discipline our fleshes right then so that that doesn't grow into something because Thoughts grow, and even like little actions. Well, you know, I wasn't completely rude to the person. I just said this because I just felt like this. I just needed to get this off my chest. Um, well, was it out of anger? Even though they, even though it might not have been something huge, we've got to cut that off immediately because cut things off while they're small. Yeah. Uh, suffer to the flesh while it's something small because things grow. 
if, if you allow them to have life, they will grow. So thoughts, whatever it is, actions, they will grow if we don't cut them off. So just like you have to discipline a child as soon as, I mean, while they're young, so that they don't grow up and start acting rebelliously and they can really get themselves and other people hurt, yeah. we've got to do the same thing with our flesh. Our flesh would love to do everything uh, opposite of the Lord. Yeah. And so we know that about the flesh. And we've got to discipline it because when a situation gets to be super serious, we can't be 50-50. That's not going to work. That's why the Lord says, don't be lukewarm. We can't allow the flesh to have authority in our lives when things are small. Because when things get big, we can't be like, is that my flesh saying that or is that God? Because that is... That is not a good situation. We've got to discipline ourselves when it seems like it doesn't matter. Like, well, I, I just want three donuts and it, it really won't hurt in the long run. If, if Holy Spirit's saying don't eat three donuts, and even though you want three donuts and it doesn't seem to be harming anyone, don't eat the three donuts. Because then that might grow, and yeah. all of a sudden, you've gained 100 pounds over one year. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Yeah. God doesn't want that for you. Yeah. And it's, it starts with small stuff. We've got to put on what, what our flesh is like, ah, this is suffering. Your flesh is like, oh, I'm being killed. <laughs> I'm being, it likes to exaggerate things. It likes to say, I don't like what they're saying right now. This is painful to me. I'm going to turn it off because this is, this is not good. Yeah. Your flesh loves, our, the flesh loves to exaggerate things, and we've got to stop it. Yeah. We've one got good, to cut it off. One good thing about this message is uh, this series, it's helped me come to a, a question. It's helped mm-hmm. me come to the question of, are, are you okay with suffering in the flesh? Yeah. And um, it, it, like a reality of, because we need to make the decision beforehand. God will ask yeah. us before we get to a situation. Often God will ask us beforehand, like, are oh, yeah. you willing to do this? And yeah. it's good with this message to let it like, ask ourselves, am I willing to suffer in the flesh or yeah. is my flesh such a, such a prominent part of me? Yeah. Is my flesh in control to the point that when I hear that, I say mm-hmm. no. Even yeah. just a little bit, even if I have a little bit of a reaction of, I don't like this, I don't want to do that, mm-hmm. that shows that in the future, when if yeah. the Lord asks me to fast or something, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have that same reaction of, yeah. I don't want to do that. So I've really appreciated the decision point of, God, I will put the flesh down and I will do your will. I will be led by the Spirit. I will have my Spirit be the dominant part of me, not the flesh. And making that decision now, making that decision beforehand is so important for growth, for in the future, because then God knows He can, we're letting Him. We're opening Mm -hmm. up the door saying, God, I want to grow. God, I want want victory. And really, I mean, that's that's what it is, victory, overcoming the flesh, going through through going through the valley I mean we all we all want to go through the valley yeah we just have to put down the lies of well you're gonna put down your flesh and it's gonna suck or you're gonna or you're gonna fast and you're gonna be miserable no that's a lie that's the flesh trying to hold on and say don't 
do this. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. And that's a lie. It's not. Yeah. With God, He makes things easy. And that's what mm -hmm. we've been talking about with suffering, is it's easy and light to you, to the real you. To the real me, it's easy and light because yeah. I'm not my flesh. And if I associate with my, myself with my flesh, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be struggling with sin. I'm going to mm -hmm. be struggling. I'm not going to be in victory. But um, so that's kind of yeah. that's a, one of the main things I've been able to really get out of this is yeah. continually asking myself, am I willing to put down the flesh and making that decision? Because it's literally a daily decision. And it's not just yeah. not even just once a day. Like sometimes I'll make that decision in the morning and then by the by the afternoon, I got to make it again. Yeah. <laughs> and this helps us to get to that decision point of making it quickly. Yes, mm -hmm. I will let the flesh die. <laughs> I will not yeah. will not live by the flesh. Well, it brings up a point that the Holy Spirit brought up to me last week. And when I think back over just decisions I've made in my life, it's really, I've, I've yet to think of one. I've tried. And the decisions that I made that really changed my life, that really put me on the course for God's greatness, were decisions that my flesh was fighting so hard yeah. <laughs> that felt so uncomfortable to me. Yeah. And if we're not able to make our flesh feel uncomfortable, if we're not able to make our flesh feel like, oh, help, I'm dying. <laughs> if, we're, if we're not able to make our flesh feel that way, then it's, it's going to be very difficult to grow because ultimately yeah. the flesh does suck. not, <laughs> it's going to stink because the flesh does not want what God wants. <laughs> and it's it's shocking, but it just doesn't. It reminds me of like a toddler throwing a tantrum because it's so focused on what it wants. Mm -hmm. How happy is that toddler? The toddler that's no. not disciplined, that's screaming in Walmart, screaming no. bloody murder in Walmart. I don't know, maybe that's a weird thing to say. I'm sorry if I shouldn't have said that. Um, that's screaming really loud. How happy does that child look? Not happy, and that's no. our flesh. The more we get, we, yeah. the more we let it throw tantrums, it just gets more and more miserable, uh -huh. really. But with each one, it gets more easy. Yeah, it does. Uh, like it's crazy. It, it, it is. If we, the thing is, um, <laughs> we're on the vein of disciplining kids, like myself as a kid and stuff. But like, if you see a kid who hasn't been disciplined. And then the parents get the, um, like, the revelation of, like, discipline is a good thing. And they start disciplining the kid. The kid's like, what in the world is going on? And it's, it doesn't seem very good at first. But if you see a kid who's been constantly disciplined from the moment that they were able to comprehend right from wrong, then it's a pretty normal thing. Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Let me get back on course. And it's yeah. the same with our flesh. At first, if we haven't been disciplining our flesh in the ways that we should have, then it might not feel like the greatest thing. It might feel <laughs> like we're dying a little. Uh, but we're not. We're not. It's, it's an exaggeration. It's, it's an exaggeration. It gets easier and easier. It and it's the thing it goes back to is this can feel like, oh, my goodness, how is this love but it goes back to love. The reason that God is saying, discipline your flesh, isn't because he's like, I like to watch my children suffer. I like, that's when, that's not, that's not it at all. The Bible never contradicts itself. God never contradicts himself. Yeah. And when it says he is perfect love, he is the perfect father. He is through and through. Even when he's saying, 
uh, suffer to the flesh. And that's where we have to be. Okay, I know he's the perfect father. I know he always loves me. And love is his backing. He is love. So how can he, how can he be love and say, let me suffer to my flesh? It goes together. He never contradicts himself. He's saying, do this to make it easier for us. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. In order to make, in order for it to be easy and light for us, we've got to discipline our flesh. Or else it can feel like a constant battle of, I really want the three donuts. And our, our spirit saying, three donuts is not going to be good for your arteries. And... If, there, if we haven't disciplined our flesh, it can, it can be draining, the battle. But he's saying, discipline your flesh so it's easy for you. Because I love you, please discipline your flesh. Because it's going to be so much easier for you in the long run. You're going to have so much more joy because you're not in a constant head battle of which voice do I listen to? Will it be okay just once to, you know, listen to the flesh? No, just discipline your flesh. He's... He's saying it because he loves us. Yeah. Because he loves us. And that's such a revelation. Is The reason behind this is love. That's it's true. not to, uh, to beat us up and to have us downtrodden. Yeah. It's for love. Love is the reason he's saying this. Yeah. So yeah. do you all have anything to say on that? Well, the thing, the thing that was just sticking out to me was God has not given us a spirit of fear. So whatever we're facing, whatever our flesh is feeling, we, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power... Of love, hey, that's what you were talking about. <laughs> and of uh, self-control, discipline, right? Yeah. That's what God's given us. Power to overcome, love to, 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 to really strengthen us and empower us to go through it. And self-control to be able to put down that flesh and to crucify that flesh. Not fear. So whatever the situation is, God has not given me fear. He's, he's not given me a spirit of fear. So, so if fear starts rising up, I, I, what, I, what I have the ability to do is say, no, I don't receive that fear. What I receive is power, love, and a, and a sound mind or self-control. No, I, I have control over, this, over, over my response to this situation. Yeah. I have control over how, how I react to this because that's what God's given me. Power, love, and self-discipline, self-control. And, and as I employ that, which is, which, you know, is part of being spirit-led, as I employ that, that, that that's where... You know, the, we're actively putting to death the deeds of the flesh, like it says in Romans chapter eight. We're not setting our mind on the on the flesh, uh, which leads us to death yeah. every time. Whenever I focus on the flesh, it leads me to death. But when I put my mind on the spirit, you know, on what God says, on power, love, sound mind, what I get is life and peace. And when I and as I set my mind on things above, not on things below, but on things above, I I can walk in life. And peace, and 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 that's that's what blessed and easy and light looks like. It 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 like from the outside, it looks that doesn't look easy and light. But what's happening inside is now my my mind is set not on the flesh, but on the spirit, and I have life and peace. No matter the storms going on, no matter the corruption that's trying to affect me, I can have life and peace, and I can put down that flesh because I have a sound mind. I have self discipline. I have that ability within me through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, and I, what just kept coming up, and you just, basically what you just said confirmed what had been coming up to me. It's not you doing it. 
-hmm. Like, it's not me doing this. Yeah. The only thing I do is decide I'm going to say yes to what he's telling me to yeah. do. That's the only thing I do is I say yes to him. But here's the thing. He's given me the empowerment to do it. So in something that sounds difficult, like arming yourselves with that discipline to be who he's called you to be, you don't even have to do it. I don't have to do it. I don't make myself become Jesus. I cannot do that. I cannot make myself produce the fruit of God. But I can say yes to him. And when I say yes to him, it's his grace and his empowerment that comes and allows me to arm myself with suffering. I just have to say, yes, I'll do it. And when we, when Barrett realizes, when, when we realize that it's not us doing it, everything becomes so much easier and less pressure filled. We can hear messages like this and not feel like we failed because here's the thing, God is always ready, willing, and able to take us by the hand and lead us to triumph through him. He's always ready to do that. He's at the ready right now waiting for you to say, Lord, I will take you by the hand. I will allow you to continue to lead me in this vein of life. I'll let you be who you are. And yeah. as soon as we say yes, that's when he gives us his instructions. Yeah. It's his ways that are easy and light. Mm -hmm. Even when to the world, they don't look that way. It's his ways that are. Mm -hmm. It's not up to us. It's not up to you. All you have to do is say yes when he says go. Yeah. When he says speak, open your mouth. When he says turn this way, turn this way. Yeah. But he's the one calling the shots. That's why we pray that. Mm -hmm. Lord, you call the shots legitimately. Lord, call the shots. Tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how to do this even better than I was. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I need you. Mm -hmm. And he will. Yeah. We've just got to be yielded and armed with our readiness to say yes to him. Yeah, yeah. When you said it, it I know it's corny. But, okay, so Hebrews 4, verse 3 says this, For we who have believed entered into that rest. Yeah. And so when we say yes to God, we say yes to rest. Yeah. You know, that's what we're We enter into rest. And the thing that came to me was, was say yes to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the comments. I know it's corny. I know it's... it's you just embrace it. I just embrace it. Say yes to the rest. Yeah. Say yes to the rest. But like when we choose him, God, you're my source. Yeah. Because what, what is belief? Belief in him. It's not belief in my ability yeah. to overcome and my ability to figure it out because whenever, whenever I put my faith in that, I'm not going to be in rest because now I'm responsible for the outcome. Yeah. But no, God, I, I trust you. I believe in you. And it says very clearly right here, for we who have believed enter that rest. And that's what peace is. That's what life is. That, you know, life, life yeah. and peace. I, I'm, I'm putting my eyes on Jesus and I'm receiving the rest that he has to offer where I can be like Stephen. People are literally have rocks and they're getting ready to throw, at me, throw them at me. And I see the heavens open up. I'm, oh, this is glorious. Look, yeah. Jesus is right there. You know, yeah. like, like this is glorious. And they're, they're hitting him with the stones. Father, for, forgive them into your hands. You know, and then and he, he, he rested and yeah. now he's in heaven. You know, so like, so things can look intense. They can look severe. But whenever, but, but the Bible says in, in uh, I believe it's Hebrews 12 to uh, fixing your eyes on Jesus, right? The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When I fix my eyes on him, 
Yeah, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, and rest is the evidence of faith. So when my eyes are on Him, not on what's going on around me, but on Him, that's when I receive rest. Because I believe in Him. I know He has good things and only good things for me. So I'm going to receive Him, and I'm going to enter into that rest. Yeah, amen. 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 Do you girls have anything before we wrap up? No, that's good. I was just thinking um, of another analogy. (laughs) Is it another kid? No, it's not kids. Oh. It's it's grown adults now. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, but exercising, and yeah. I don't know. This is always, <laughs> this is always an analogy. I don't. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe Holy Spirit's like you need to exercise more, Abby. It probably is. Is it running? Uh, no, no, definitely not running. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you're exercising, it. It can hurt your muscles. They can be sore even while you're doing it. And everything within you, your flesh can be screaming like, please stop doing this. Like, this hurts. But you keep going because you know the end result will be, I'm going to be healthier in the end. I'm going to like have more muscles and stuff. I'm going to be able to do more stuff. The results are good. And you're looking at the results. You're able to endure through the flesh saying, I'm suffering. Help me. Uh, Because you know the end result is good. The same's with God. God is always leading us from glory to glory, from triumph to triumph. He's leading us into the most peace, into the most joy, into the most, the best life that we can have. So he's saying, just just endure what feels like the flesh is suffering. It's really okay. You're really going to be great afterwards. And it's, it's all for our benefit. Everything that he tells us to do, no matter whether the flesh says, I don't like this or not, it's all for our benefit. Yeah. And we've got to look at that end result. Keep our eyes on the goodness of God, what he is leading us to. And the suffering is really small. It's really nothing. It's, it's, it doesn't really matter in the end. So that was, that was all yeah. I had. Yeah, that's a good example. That's a good example of um, also being able to distinguish. I'm I'm making this decision. I am. My flesh is hurting, but yeah. I, I know this is good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Exactly. In the end, it'll be a good thing because I can stand without my knees hurting by doing nothing. <laughs> like Woo-hoo! it's a good thing. Yay! It's very true. People yeah. are saying, "Say yes to the rest." That's, I love that. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, so um, um, oh, I think I was going to say something else. Um, it, it, it really is true, though. Like, I've, I've had yeah. so, many deci- so many times where I've been, like, my body has, hasn't been able to do anything, it felt like. My body just standing. Like, I've, like, you know how people are like, oh, I've been sitting. I've been sitting too long. I need to stand. I'm like, I don't really have that moment. <laughs> like, I can just stay sitting. I can just stay sitting for hours and hours, and I'll be fine. And that's a sign. That's, that's not good that even just standing for a minute, it's like, eh. And that's really what it starts to, to be like if you don't put your flesh mm-hmm. down. 
it's like things will come up, attacks will come up, and it's like you can't even handle it. You just have yeah. to like shut off completely. You just you have no strength. You have no endurance, and that's a really good you know yeah. endurance is really yeah. um, a part of this. And what you're talking about too with that exercising, so that's a great analogy. It's like exercising. You know, you're not gonna die when you're exercising. It's a good thing. Your flesh might be like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating, but like you're fine. You know, that's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, it's, we've got to focus not on, I mean, it's pretty simple. Don't focus on the bad, focus on the good. Don't yeah. focus on how much your flesh is saying that it's suffering. Focus on God loves me. He's told me to do something, and that's what I'm going to do, whether the flesh feels like doing it now or not. That's what I'm going to do because it ultimately leads me to good. And focus on the good, not the yeah. bad. I mean, that's yeah. that feels like my motto. Just focus <laughs> on the good. <laughs> and there's actually a joy in exercising, honestly. If you if you focus on it, it's actually, it brings a lot of people joy. If you if you really real, allow yourself to realize that, like even yeah. physically and everything, it's a great thing. It's, it's. Um, I was talking, I heard someone, I think a couple days ago and they were like, I love running. In fact, I love running so much that I have to tone it down at Planet Fitness because I love it so much. So I think that's awesome. Praise God. I'm so glad for you. One day I'll be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still growing. I, I will, I will be there. Well, Ooh, over man. to, over to you guys. There you go. Pastor's here. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. I've been here pretty much the whole time, but we've been working on some sound issues, so it was giving some crazy. So it was good for y'all to talk because it helped me work out the sound yay. issues. So yay, it's good. So anyway, uh, you know, it was interesting because at lunch yesterday after the service, we actually had multiple people that said, basically, I just got this message. We've been, we had been talking on 1 Peter chapter 4. Months. Since April 25th. <laughs> yeah. So for like two and a April, May, June, July, August, literally, yeah. So for three and a half months, we've been, you know, now I didn't preach on it every single week, mm -hmm. but we've been sitting on First Peter chapter four. Mm -hmm. And literally yesterday, sitting at the table, I had two people say, I just got it this week. Yeah. Yeah. It just clicked. What And you said yesterday, and that's one of the reasons why you don't always just go through a quick series. Yeah. That's why you actually will repeat things, and your flesh is yelling, yeah. which is a part of the suffering, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the very thing yeah. we're trying to learn is... It's like if I'll put my flesh down, this repetition of this thing, my flesh doesn't want to hear because I think I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. See, if we're prideful to think that we've heard it before, then you mm -hmm. don't get to the place where people start having revelation. So yeah. when yeah. did you get that revelation? Was it yesterday? Is that what you said? The part where you were talking about just because arming yourself with suffering doesn't yeah. mean you receive the attack. Right. I had, for me, I'd been watching, even myself, like hearing so much of arming yourself with suffering, arming yourself, it was like I was heading toward, okay, well, suffering's a coming, like I'm, I'm bracing myself for it. Like yeah. I could tell that's where I was going. And I'm like, that's not what pastor's trying to do. That's no, what no, Holy no, no. Ghost is trying no. to do. Yeah. So I need you, Lord, to help me, help me break through where my brain has been trying to take it. So when you said it, it was a... Okay, it, it, and I know you've said things in that vein before, but I really felt like yesterday was at the point where the Lord allowed you to release that. Like you needed yeah. to gear us up to even understand your flesh may go through some stuff. Because had yeah. you started off by saying, 
okay, yes, you're gonna, but you're gonna go through, you're gonna, had you started that way, I don't think it would have made the same impact. And it's not that victory wasn't in what you're preaching, yeah. but it's the key got dropped yesterday mm -hmm. when the people were primed for it. And it's like, it just unlocked all this yeah. stuff for me. Yeah, amen. And see, and, and that's just it. So a lot of times we are not receiving what we should because we're not willing to put our flesh down, yeah. which is actually what it's saying. Arm yourself with suffering means I don't say yes to my flesh. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't say yes to that. I'm, I say yes to the spirit. Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing. And so when we don't say yes to the spirit. Um, and we keep saying yes to the flesh, mm -hmm. we put ourselves in a position uh, to not have that victory yeah. or to not expect that victory and definitely not have, see it manifested yeah. in our lives. Yeah. And it's one of those, uh, Joni said at the table yesterday, she was saying, it really struck me when I realized I'm not suffering, it's my flesh that's doing the mm -hmm. suffering, right? Mm -hmm. my, my corrupted flesh yeah. that's doing the suffering, mm -hmm. right? I'm telling it, no, you can't have your way. Mm -hmm. uh, my spirit's not suffering. Yeah. It's my flesh. And so you start to realize that you know, when he says, really that one statement in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 1, the very first statement, arm yourselves with what Christ did. Arm yourself with the suffering of Christ is the context. Arm yourself with suffering. When, when that context came out and I read that, I went, wow, that is not what people want to hear. Right. You know, that's not what people want to read. It was not. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is, and it, the issue is not that it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. What he's saying is a great thing. The issue is people don't have revelation of it. And because they don't have revelation of it, they, they steer away from it and they don't realize it's kind of like uh, if, you, if you were in a war and you could, you could end the war just like this, but it's in a room that, you're, that says, if you, if you open this room, you're not going to like it. Yeah. On the door it says, if you open this door, you're not going to like it. Well, that's your flesh. If you open, but if you'll say, you know what, flesh, you're not going to get your way. You open the door and there's the solution to the war. Mm -hmm. That's the way this is. Yeah. And what a great, thank you, Lord, for the analogy. But um, anyway. Not even that the door was bad. No, it's not. It's, it just appears bad. Yeah. And you, it's not, it's like everything's being held back because I'm not opening that door. I'm not getting the door out of the way. So yeah. Dylan had a question. He said, could we say that arming ourselves with suffering is arming ourselves with ceasing from sin? Yeah, absolutely. And matter of fact, it says exactly that in that verse. It says, when you arm yourself from with suffering, you will cease from sin in yeah. verse two, I think it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it says literally that in verse first Peter four two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's putting down the flesh, but it's I think the good thing to recognize is what I said yesterday is recognizing that the detour from my plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had a pl plan. It didn't go according to my plan, yeah. right? And recognizing that detour is not ungodly. Oh, you know, there's a demon there. No, it might not be a demon. It might just be that God's got a different plan that you didn't see, but the plan in the flesh mm -hmm. would take you to fleshly results. His plan will take you to spiritual results yeah. because he's always leading us to triumph. So the, the issue is when my plan gets detoured, detoured, 
to say, I trust God and take Jesus by the hand. And if we'll take Jesus by the hand, then we'll step right into God's plan, right? And that, that's one of the things I, I really, um, I think that has been missed quite often. And people don't, people's flesh don't want to hear that message because they don't like what it sounds like at the beginning, you know. They don't like what it sounds sure. like. And instead of that, and that's the whole thing about God. Like, how much of the Bible does our flesh really want? Yeah. You know, to read it, to get into it. Well, I don't really like that, you know. Because sin is pleasurable for a season, the Bible says. So they people don't want to get in there. They don't want to discipline themselves. They don't want to humble themselves. But if they do, then all of a sudden it's like victory opens up. Yeah. But I've got to be disciplined to stay on those things. Yeah. That is the suffering that Christ did right. is he put his flesh down to right. win those victories. And so people think that I, they equate suffering with enduring and, and I'm just going to have to put up with this. And to some level for the rest of my life. No, that's not biblical suffering. The whole concept of that whole chapter is there's a victory coming. There's glory that's manifesting. There's a manifold grace to be had. Yeah. It's not an enduring for the rest of your time on the earth. It's put down the flesh, walk in the spirit so the spirit can bring in the glory. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's really what the Bible teaches us about suffering. But if you said it to most people, well, we just have to suffer. You know, we just have to suffer. So think about that. Now, here's, here's a really good exercise. Go through, uh, look at the verse. So like in 1 Peter chapter 4, let me look it up real quick. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1, and let's look at this word suffering. Those who have suffered in the flesh. So if you go through, and this word is, uh, in English we would say pasco. Uh, P-A-S-C-H-O. Pasco in the Greek. We would pronounce it like that way. Pasco. All right, now, the issue is every place where this word is, in it will, would be really interesting, so that's the Greek word 3958, is to take that word now with your revelation of suffering and go through the New Testament and look at what the, these verses are actually saying. You know, so yeah, that would be very interesting. I don't want to do it here because we could get into another three <laughs> hours of stuff, but that would be really interesting yeah. to look at now knowing the definition of that and understanding. Yeah. And so... You know, you were talking about the definition of that for suffering. So now you can see why on the very first week I said this definition. Suffering is a spirit-led life, not a flesh-led life, but a spirit-led life overcoming perceived hardships derived from going through this life of fleshly corruption. So he said later on in it that there is... Don't be surprised by the fiery ordeal. In other words, areas of potential suffering are always going to present themselves yeah. in this corrupted world. And as long as your flesh is not glorified, it's going to feel that way. Yeah. 
So, but Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. So it, anything we face is not hard and heavy. It's easy and light. Yeah. It's a, it's a what, what's the word say, uh, this light affliction. Momentary. It's a momentary and light affliction, yeah. right? So that's, that's promises from God. So if we are focused on the flesh, it's going to seem more hard and heavy. But if we're focused on the spirit and the victory of it, it's going to seem light, momentary, light, and easy. Okay, so the the issue is which one are we paying attention to? So as long as we're in this life, we're going to face those things. Our yeah. flesh is going to feel that way, but how we view it and respond. And Jesus and what he's saying here in Peter is this. Yeah. Choose to put have the same mind that Christ had. Yeah. Arm yourself with this thinking. I'm not I'm not worried if my plan, my fleshly plan gets upended. Right. Because I know that God's God always has a better plan leading me to triumph. Yeah. So I don't I don't like flip out because of that. I come under fire. I don't flip out. I just stay yeah. at peace. I stay in rest like what you're saying. I stay in rest. Why? Because if I'll stay in rest, I'm going to get on the path to victory. Yeah. It's going to be easy and light. Yeah. You see, it's going to be that way. It's going to be simple. It's going to be easy. It's going to be light. How? I don't know. That's God's thing to figure yeah. out. That's his, that's his power to release. Yeah. But I can't focus on what I lost in the corrupted flesh. Mm -hmm. I have to focus on who I am and what I have in the Spirit of God. Amen. And this is, this is a suffering. I'll read it one more time. So it says suffering is, by biblical suffering, by definition, in this chapter... A spirit-led life, not a fleshly-led life, yeah. overcoming perceived hardships. Because the whole purpose of the chapter is not for you yeah. to endure it for the rest of your yeah. time on the yeah. earth, but to win in yeah. the, instead of it. Yeah. It's overcoming perceived hardships because it will look hard, but it's really not. Yeah derived from going through this life of fleshly corruption. In other words, if we weren't in a corrupted world and we didn't have a corrupted body, we wouldn't be facing these areas of suffering. Yeah. But because we are, we shouldn't be surprised by the fiery ordeal yeah. and, and be like, oh, where did this come from? Yeah. I, well, I thought everything was going to be tea cakes and roses. you know. Yeah. And, and so we think everything's supposed to be like that and our flesh is never going to get challenged. Oh no, our flesh will get challenged, but our spirit man doesn't have to be yeah. challenged yeah right and so when we see that it, it makes it a lot more simple yeah. so well brother tracy has been talking at his church I, I was watching it some this morning i know you've watched recently too he's been talking about something in the same vein of overcoming and enduring and an example that he keeps using is a sports team or somebody in a sports arena that does a feat that seems undoable. Like there comes a point in, yeah. at, in any sort of sports game where someone's about to outrun someone else. Like yeah. there's that breakaway point. And what he was saying this morning, it reminded me of this, is arming ourselves with suffering ensures that when it gets down to the wire, there's a grit inside of us that's going to endure to the end. Yeah. It's, it's going to ensure that we don't fall yes. short. And yeah. when we 
when I, like when this first started, I, I've said very openly, I didn't love this when this started, but I knew that there was something in it that would lead me to victory. I would have much rather been a person that could just live in tea cakes and Rosesville, but that's not the yeah. life that God's promised me. He's promised me easy and yeah. light, but mm -hmm. there will be things that I'm to face to then turn mm -hmm. into the glory of God. Yes. And now when I come up to those situations, when the rubber meets the road, mm -hmm. there's a deposit inside of me. There's a decision that I've made at this point that will endure. That's the Holy Spirit. This yeah. is that message that'll ensure when, mm -hmm. when the rubber hits the road, yeah. when it's time to get down to the wire and really decide and find who believes what it's this message it's going to be the separator between the people yes. who believe yeah. tea cakes and roses and the people who have faced reality and said yeah. i will arm myself with christ well and can you see the deception where let's say a believer says i read that it's going to be easy and light but all right so a believer reads that in matthew yeah. chapter 11 jesus said it'll be easy and light Think about a, a brand new believer. Yeah. They come into church. Mm -hmm. They believe it's going to be easy and light. All of a sudden, the devil pulls out all the stops against them. And, and watch this. And, and we're not talking about just an immature, brand new believer. Honestly, this has been the majority of the sure. American church. Their, their, their attention to the spirit versus their attention to the flesh is so strong and they don't you know and a brand new believer has no idea that that's even a case yeah. they don't they don't even know that stuff yet all they know is this doesn't feel easy yeah. i mean i've watched people come into the church before and if they'll listen i can guide them through they'll go to victory just yeah. like that it's really simple especially for a brand new believer because they don't have a bunch of religion right mm -hmm. but if they won't listen i can't help them and they just run because it doesn't feel and the reason is because they're handling it by their flesh through the thoughts of the flesh and everything seems like it's really hard but if they'll pay attention to it by the spirit and and give more attention to the spirit they could actually handle it like that yeah. right but because they're listening to the flesh it seems very hard and heavy. Can you see the trap yeah. here? So here's the deception. So they're like, this Christian life just is not what I thought it was, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you want a good example of this, uh, you know, as a leader, just try to correct someone in today's society, and and as soon as they receive correction, they're like. <laughs> You know, and uh, they're, they just explode on you because they're correct. And the issue is they feel they're paying attention so much to the flesh. They're not living by the spirit. They're yeah. living by the flesh. Yeah. You know, they're living by the flesh, not the spirit. Because we ought to be the easiest people in the world to correct. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, and we, we try to have that attitude here, and we grow in that the more people are hanging around. But uh, that is not a normal thing, although it should be the most normal thing yeah. around believers, yeah. you know, around believers. So anyway, glory to God. Amen. Amen. Do y'all have anything else? Y'all have anything else? No? Awesome. Well, we praise God, and I hope that you got a lot out of the message. If you've been watching on Sundays, talking about how to f have a full life in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. We take ourselves out of our own hands, mm -hmm. and we place ourselves in God's hands. Yes. And He wants us to have a full life, and yeah. talking about suffering. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, one of the things uh, that we want to say to you is that you can do this. 
Yes. You know, you can walk this way. And so we just praise God for you. If you would like to sow today, you can go to give, www.org. You're welcome to. You don't have to. And I want you to hear this. Tomorrow, we will not be live. We'll be back on Wednesday. But tomorrow, it is my pleasure that I'm ta- that we get to take the whole Lunch Plus crew, and we're all going to Carowinds and riding rides and having fun and, and eating things that we shouldn't probably eat. It's- why I asked about carnival food during family <laughs> chat. That's uh-huh. why. It's going to be awesome. So are y'all looking forward to it? Yes, but Carowinds is not a carnival. But it kind of is. It's in between. It's not <laughs> Disney World, but That's it's true. not like carny time. Are y'all ready? Y'all looking forward to it? Yes. <laughs> this question got me ready for the, for the food, for sure. You're on camera. Yeah, I'm on camera. <laughs> this question, for sure, the family chat question about the carnival food definitely got Ugh. me excited about about the food. It's I'm, always awesome. the big souvenir cups that get me. What? I'm like, I'm like, I want it. Will that's, I ever use it again? Probably not, but I want it now. You, you do have a lot of souvenir cups. I definitely I texted them. Abigail during family chat because I looked up the dining options. And Did they, they have turkey legs? They legit have Panda Express and burrito places and things that Burritos? look like they had turkey, turkey, turkey legs. legs. Well, so like, we can get turkey legs. There were so many dining options. If you, if you, if you have, I heard y'all talking about the turkey legs earlier, but if you actually have turkey legs, they are... And they're done right. They're really good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. They're they're really good. I I had one. I think it was the at the, the Renaissance, Renaissance when we went with the school. Who who was that <laughs> with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rachel goes. It was me. <laughs> it might have been both of you, but I had the the turkey leg. It was awesome. Yeah, it I think the one good. I had was ham because the meat was like reddish pink. Yeah. I know. It was like, I don't think turkey is normally red. Like, it was like ham. You can have certain ones if they're made a certain way. Really? I don't think they gave you a ham leg. I don't. I, that would be I, big. I think it was just it would like be a whole fake. Ham. I thought it was like fake turkey leg. Like it wasn't uh, it good. Could have just not been cooked on a stick. It wasn't good. What, what good things? <laughs> That's a possibility. So, anyway. Tomorrow... You know, these guys, they work really hard, and they do a lot of stuff to bring you this word every day. And uh, we just had it on our heart. We want to sow into them and go have a good family day uh, before school starts back. So we're heading to Carowinds tomorrow. So we won't be live, uh, but we'll be back on Wednesday. We look forward to seeing you, and we love you so very, very much. And uh, y'all have anything before we hand it off over here? Mm-mm, that was going to be what I shared. <laughs> there you go. Well, guys, we have exciting news. Talking about Brother Ted's camp meeting. If you haven't heard about it, if you aren't planning on being here, guys, hear about it again. Hear about it for the first time because we we really, really would love to have you. Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. will be coming to Albemarle. He's going to have nightly, August 22nd through the 27th, every night, 7 p.m. for free. free. Come here. He's going to be having a tent meeting, guys. These rock. He has had these tent meetings in other cities around North Carolina. We've gone to the ones that we've been able to, and guys, we have trekked. We've gone like every night, like two and a half hours there, and then two and a half hours back because it's worth it. Yeah, guys, you're really going, they're amazing. Miracles happen. 
nightly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's the word. It's awesome. So you're gonna want to be here. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we will see you Wednesday <laughs> at eleven thirty. Technically eleven twenty-eight. But we'll see you Wednesday. Have a great day. Rest your day today and have a great day tomorrow. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.